the better part. Yesterday I was going about my morning, kind of thinking about what I had to do and all these things, and then Father Dan said to me, he just told me, I don't even know how he, or why he brought it up, he said, hey there, Michael Vollmer is doing this book swap over at the parish, and I had this thought, I was like, well, I have all these books that I've been wanting to get rid of, and so I, I went through and I pulled out like, like 175 books, um, and I know what you're thinking, of, of course I read them all, right? <laughs> Just kidding, right? That's like asking a college student at the end of the semester. You did all your reading, right? Yeah. So we should do our reading. But, but it was funny because I, as I looked back on my day, I realized that one of the goals I had for this summer was to clean up and simplify my room. And, and I have done zero the whole summer. Right? Don't we have these goals? And, and then all of a sudden that I was running around doing all this stuff and God said, I got you. Here's what you wanted. That, that what I've been doing, I've been doing all sorts of other things. What I've been doing is good, but what God is doing is better. In our first reading from Genesis 18, Abraham is visited by these three heavenly messengers. And, and it, actually, it's the story, if you were here a few weeks ago, when on Trinity Sunday I talked about how the story from Genesis 18 is that, and it's a foreshadowing of the Trinity. I mean, we can't see the Trinity, right? You can't see God the Father, you can't see the Holy Spirit. We saw Jesus, you know. But, but we can't see the Trinity. And so this story is a... It's, it's kind of a revealing or, you know, an, an image, in a sense, of the three divine persons of, of God. And so here's Abraham wanting to show hospitality to these three heavenly, heavenly messengers. He's, he's running around, doing the best that he can. But then those, the three heavenly messengers, God, offers something back to him that's what, that is what he had been desiring. That he had been longing for a son. And he thought, my wife, my wife is older, we're not going to be able to have a child. But God knew that. God knew what he wanted. And even though Abraham's running around doing all this stuff, that it's, it's God who really wants to offer him something. That, that's, that's the dish you see in the image, is that Abraham offers this meal to the three heavenly messengers, but ultimately it's God who wants to nourish and feed us. And so I, it's interesting as I, as I, it's kind of silly, but that story about me and the books, like I, I could have done that any time in the summer, in May, in June, in July. Like, but the way that it happened showed me that God was doing it. I think there's, there's a lot of things that, that I want to do and I want to control. We love control. But at the end of the day, it's God who's in control. God doesn't need my work. But he invites me to, 
to do what he wants, to do his will, to work with him. But at the end of the day, it's him who's doing it, and he does something that's, that's so much more, that's so much better. And so we have the story of Martha and Mary. As Catholics, we probably know that pretty well. That, that Jesus blesses Martha and Mary with his presence. And, and Martha is serving, which is, which is really important. We don't want to overlook that. Uh, one, of, one of my friends who's from New Jersey, he, he was preaching on this gospel a few years back and, and about how, look at Mary, and Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, and this woman came up to him. She goes, but Father, who's going to make the coffee? And so there, there's, that's important, right? Um, but what God is doing is even more important, than, more important than coffee. And so Jesus highlights this, that Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. Now, does that mean, does that, mean that Mary had no worries and no anxieties? No, she's human. She probably had all sorts of worries and anxieties, but she knew where to bring them. That bringing our worries and anxieties to God doesn't, doesn't magically make them go away, make them better, but it's better because we're not having to endure them alone. And we're giving God a space to do something. I was talking to a student this week, and he shared that one of that his goal, that he was doing much better than, than my goal, his, his goal was to stop, literally stop by the chapel every day for like 10 minutes, which takes effort and planning. And he said, Father, I, I've basically done it, except for maybe a week of days, and I'm like, yeah, what, what that's, what's that been like for him, for you? And he said, Father, it's been the best summer of my life. The most fruitful human activity is prayer. Because in prayer, for a moment, we pause from being human, human doings and we're human beings before the source of all being who gave us life and can renew us in life. The one who holds all things in his power and his control. That, that our worries and anxieties are real and God actually takes them very seriously. Sometimes people will say, you know, when you come to the Newman Center, you just leave all your troubles at the door and you just go pray. And my response is, no, you don't leave them at the door. You bring them in and you bring them here and you tell him all about it. You tell him all about it until you feel. <sighs> that in order for us to receive what he wants to give us, we first have to hand over what we're carrying. Well, I, you know. No, I need to do something. I know God's entrusted this to me and I have to. But I think actually it's more, not in our, 
and I think it's a lie from our loneliness and from our pride that I have to figure it out myself. I just have to do it. You know, sometimes life is hard and you just have to do it. But no one ever said we had to do it alone. And to bring it to the, that's the evil one. The evil one wants us to think that we're alone. But by bringing it to the feet of the Lord, that that's better than anything else we could be doing. So one of the reasons I had stuff on my mind yesterday was because I'm leaving for a few weeks. I'm going on an eight-day silent retreat. And what I've learned, and I trust, but I've learned is that me leaving for eight days and spending it in silent prayer is actually more fruitful for the Newman Center than me being here 24 hours a day for a week. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you taking 30 minutes and sitting with the Lord in the morning is actually more fruitful than anything else you could be doing or getting done. There's a a Benedictine monk, Father Hillier Ottensmeyer, he says this, until I am convinced that prayer is the most effective use of my time, I will not make time for prayer. Until I am convinced that prayer is the most effective, most fruitful use of my time, I will not make time for prayer. Because that's where I'm renewed. That's where I receive a peace and a strength that helps me now not just to do everything, but to do the things that God wants me to do and to let the rest go. There's something incredible about just turning to the Lord, living with Him. I I was talking to another student this week and he wanted to talk about prayer and discernment and vocation. And I said, well, tell me about your summer. And he said, um, Father, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm pushing carts. I work at a store, and my job is in the parking lot. I was like, God bless you, you know, um, and especially in Phoenix. And so he's like, I push carts. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it's my favorite job ever. I was like, really? He says, because nobody talks to me or bothers me. And he goes, and I've been spending all summer as I'm pushing carts, talking to God. And he said, it's been awesome. He could just be pushing carts and listen to music and podcasts and that's fine. But he recognizes the God of the universe, the God of life who gave him life and holds him in existence and who wants to hear everything that's on his heart is fully accessible to him 24 hours a day. And so he takes those times to just, not even, you don't even have to use words. Sometimes it's just, St. Teresa says it's a glance of the the heart, a, a turn towards heaven. And to be reminded that I have an audience who loves everything about me and wants to hear about what's burdening and help me carry that. And so I can do a lot of good. But what's better is to let him work on me. It's actually the best thing, the most loving thing I can do for myself.